talk dirty to me. The Quick and the Dirty with Hillary and Sandra. You're kidding me. Here are things that I have put in my mouth. Oh, oh my God, Hillary. <laughs> it's what everyone is talking about. Get jazzy on. I'm Hillary from London. And I'm Sandra from Ottawa, and welcome to the Quick and the Dirty Podcast. Because life is so much better when you can laugh about it, even it's disasters. Oh, it's even funnier when it's a disaster, actually. (laughs) (laughs) So where do you want to start this week, Hillary? We have like a whole list of of topics that we want to get to, but I don't know what order we should get get to it. Uh, I want to talk about romantic time zones (laughs) and how... Men, especially when they get into middle age, are in a completely different romantic time zone than their partners. I don't even know what you mean when you say romantic time zone, to be honest. All right. So last night, and I know you can relate to this. Last night, my boyfriend and I were laying in bed watching TV. We put the girls to bed. And uh, he starts to do the drift where the eyelids get real heavy. Okay. And then they're open and they get real heavy. And I'm like, hey, do you want to go to bed? Like, I can turn this up. No, no, no. I'm just resting my eyes. You are not resting your eyes, you big liar. You're falling asleep, you dummy. (laughs) That's not a thing. That's right. So I continue to watch TV. He falls asleep. I give up. I turn the TV off. And I spend the next hour listening to him snore and staring at him, seething because I can't fall asleep. Is, okay, wait a second. Can I just be clear about one thing? Okay. Is this story about you not getting laid or is it about something else? Uh, you got to wait for it. Okay. <laughs> Patience. I know you don't have any, but I'm going to tell I'm you none. to. I have none. Go okay. Ahead. So finally, after an hour of staring at him being annoyed that he fell asleep before me, even though he said he wasn't going to fall asleep and now I can't sleep and he's snoring because I need conditions must be perfect for me to fall asleep. Oh, I, I know. Believe me, I know. Uh, so I'm finally about to drift off, finally getting there, and I hear or feel, bink, bink, bink. He's tapping me on the shoulder, kisses my neck. He's had a nice hour-long nap, and now he has the energy to get all <laughs> romantic. <laughs> no. And he wakes me up. I'm like, oh, well, I only see you once a week, so yeah. So we get romantic, and of course, like two seconds after we're romantic, he's back asleep, and the same cycle. I'm staring at him angry because I can't sleep again. And I'm like more of a daytime, morning. Why did What is wrong with you <laughs> where you wait until I'm almost asleep, and then you wake me? Uh, so how... <sighs> When, how long did it take you, by the way, to get ba- to bed after your romantic encounter? Well, it depends what kind of romantic encounter it is and <laughs> what the results of the romantic encounter uh, noted, are. Noted, noted. Uh, but, but last night in particular. Uh, I got you, though, girl. I know uh, what you mean. Well, like at least a half an hour. Uh, and then you're, you, and he's just <laughs> snoring. And I, How do guys do that, by the way? How, how is any man, like one minute they're talking and the next minute they're in, they're in REM? <laughs> Like, how is that even possible? But it's mostly, like, as they get older, I think, like, just existence becomes exhausting. (laughs) (laughs) And it's, like, the least opportune times they want to get romantic, too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Like, the worst. Is this typical for you, the Sunday night romance? Uh, No, it's just the nighttime. Like, I'm before bed, and he's like an hour into sleep or middle of the night (laughs) romancer. So you almost have to take naps to keep up with him during the daytime (laughs) so that you're ready to go at a weird time in the middle of the night. Why should I have to take a nap? He can take a nap in the afternoon, so he's ready to go at 6 p.m. Why do you just hit on the man when you want it? (laughs) 
What's wrong with you? When there's what, kids you around, we have to be careful. Take control of your sexuality, woman. <laughs> I like to feel pursued. <laughs> I just want him to tell me I'm pretty. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> just brutal. And then, okay, so then I'm fine with that. Moving on. We have a different idea of what it means to get romantic. So we're sitting by the pool yesterday afternoon, and I don't know why I was feeling particularly insecure, but I was. And I look at him and I say, do you find me sexy? <laughs> and you never get the answer that you want when you ask that question, like ever. Right? What did he say? He said, that's ridiculous. Of course you know I do. And then he turns to me and he's like, I shouldn't have to tell you because you should know because every once in a while I'll walk by you and I'll give you a sweet little touch or I'll rub your neck and you'll know that I think that you're sexy. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's true. And then like two hours later, <laughs> I'm making dinner and he walks by the kitchen and he honks one boob. <laughs> Please tell me he didn't make a honking noise. And I was like, if he, if he actually went honk and did it, then I'm out. <laughs> We got to move on. I was like, is that what you mean? Because that doesn't feel sexy. (laughs) Okay. Well, you happy now? I don't know. Is that what you wanted? (laughs) By the way, why wasn't the way he handled it when he said, you know, you're sexy because I do this and this and this for you. That's how I'm telling you that you're sexy. Was that not good enough for you? No, I, 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 I was fine. But it was just funny that I like two hours later, he's like, honk. Like, <laughs> yeah, definitely feel sexy. Do you like to be told, though, like on a regular basis? Because I do. I want to hear it. I don't I know that most men, not most men, but some men show the show their love through actions. You know, mm-hmm. they'll do things for you. And, and the, that's the way they show it. It's like, uh, you know, cats will bring you a dead mouse when they love you. <laughs> that's just the way they show their owners that they you know, you know that about cats, right? They're oh, hilarious. Yeah. They're such jerks. Uh, they bring you a carcass. I'm like, mommy, I love you. So men are the same way. They do they their actions will show you that they love you. My husband mows the lawn for me and he does things for me when he he knows I like. He'll mop the floor for me because he knows that 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 makes me happy. So you don't have to do it. So I don't have to do it. So these are the the ways my husband shows me that he loves me. But the truth is I want him to, you know, pin me up against a wall and tell me that how hot I am. That's what I'd love to hear. Right, because that's what I do to him. <laughs> Wow. It feels like I want to date you, Hillary. No, but don't you find that? that uh, I mean, we do work in a more word-motivated. Women tend to like language a bit more. Absolutely. Yeah, I like, yeah. But what's funny is when I show my expression of love to him where uh, I'm being affectionate with words and I'm touchy or like I, I say lots of stuff, what I realize is it doesn't even connect with him. That means nothing to him. If I just make dinner and do something nice for his kids, I'm like the greatest girlfriend ever. See, so that's that's the, that's how he accepts love or re- perceives love, I should say. It's all about the love languages, but come on, do a little work. <laughs> if he knows you like to hear it, then he needs to start speaking your language is what you're saying. Right. That's right. Or and- I can just accept his language and be the better person. No, don't be the better. Ah, whatever. That's, <laughs> no, the, you know, the, to be the fair, no fun. he is so good at making me feel loved. And uh, this is a lot of jokey jokies, but it was just a funny conversation we had. Honk. <laughs> Feeling so I'm sexy gonna, right now. I'm never going to be able to hear the word honk without thinking of your left boob. <laughs> Thanks, Hillary. That's great.
That's great. Oh my gosh, Sandra, I have to ask you. Uh, on last week's Quick and the Dirty podcast, we talked about the uh, anxiety you were having over road tripping with your parents. You had your very first one last weekend. How'd it go? Eh. <laughs> it's, well, no one died? Actually, I was, no, no one died. So that's always a success, right? Right. I was actually handed a gift in that my father at the last minute, the last hour, decided not to come. So I was like, even my mother looked at me like, thank you, Jesus, when he said he wasn't going to come. And I thought, you know, Mom, you're half the problem, so relax. (laughs) But you did have a better soundtrack because wasn't the threat of Greek accordion music real? Uh, it, It was real. And I still have another road trip coming up in two weeks. I honestly don't even know how that's going to go. There's still a part of me that's like, maybe dad won't come, but I know he will on this one anyway. So mom came and uh, I never realized how fussy she was. Like fussy. I, uh, back in the day, we used to take a road trip now and again in my twenties. And I remember she loved Led Zeppelin. Mm-hmm. And we listened to Led Zeppelin for an entire road trip from Toronto to Montreal once. So I actually went on Spotify and I put together a Led Zeppelin playlist for her. And like two minutes into hearing it, she's like, what is that garbage? Turn it off. What? And I'm thinking, okay, all right, somebody's gotten old. Uh, and then she's like, I want you to put it on the talk radio station. That's all I want to listen to. And I said, Mom, that's all you listen to. She listens to talk radio all day long on the AM station. Uh, and I'm like, come on, mom, you know, let's let's do something different. So I tried to put on a podcast. It was on for literally 30 seconds. And she was like, this is boring. <laughs> like, oh, my God, this is the worst. Was it our podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't dare because then because, you know, what? every time my mother hears me on the radio, what you know what she always says? What? You know, you really should be in TV. <laughs> she, for, I've been in radio for 24 years, and she's still. I, I think I've, did I not just talk about this recently? Yeah, you did. She's but it's still just so funny because everybody's mother has that one thing that they just keep going back to, and you're like, shut up. It's just like I'm, I'm, in, I'm. It's not going to happen, mom. It's not. I'm way <laughs> too old now for TV, and I never wanted it. So I just didn't want to have that conversation, and I didn't want her to be in the habit of listening to the podcast because I don't need that in my life. Then she would call me up and criticize me. Why don't you talk about this? Why don't you talk about that? What are you you saying about me? Well, what did you say about me? Well, there was that too, because that was the (laughs) podcast, right? She'd be listening to. And then, you know, then maybe she'd be asking uh, why I talked about my sister, because I'm about to talk about my sister right now. So I don't, (laughs) do you know what I mean? Like, I just, I don't need it in my life. I like, I like them. I like having those two worlds separate, you know, my work life and my mother life. I don't want her listening to my show or my podcast. Oh, Jesus. Definitely not my podcast. It's been really difficult for me since my mother joined Facebook. Oh, I'm yeah. so sorry. The struggle is real. And I've just t- told her, Mom, I exaggerate things. Why? I exaggerate <laughs> things <laughs> so that they are more interesting and don't worry, I don't actually think that about you. And she's like, mm-hmm, but my friends. And I'm like, your friends aren't listening to my podcast. <laughs> no, they're definitely not listening not to It's not talk the radio. <laughs> That's, God, parents are exhausting. I hope I'm, I'm hope I'm this exhausting to my children one day. I may get a joy out of that. Really? Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Maybe. Can I tell you about my moral dilemma? If I feel a little salty and off today, it's because I'm actually in a dispute with my sister right now. And I'm actually, I didn't even know whether or not to talk about it because it's personal, but I'm, 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 I'm not telling you this story to slag on anybody, but I'm telling you this story because I'm like, I'm legit, I legit have this moral dilemma. Okay. So what's going on? 
Here's the here's the Coles notes real quick. Uh, she's got a big birthday coming up next year. Uh, we were going to go to Iceland as sisters and bring a few female friends to um, help with the cost because it's a very expensive trip. She agreed to that. Uh, we realized we couldn't afford it because it was it's just crazy money to go to Iceland. Not worth it for three days. So then, uh, you know, we're having dinner with my cousins on Friday night. We're having a great time. I loved it, by the way. Shout out to my cousin Deanna who listens to the podcast. Anyway. Whoop, whoop. Whoop. Deanna. Deanna. Anything that's said here stays here. Heads Deanna. Up. Deanna, keep it to yourself, okay? Don't bring this up with my sister. Don't. Or the cousins, you can talk amongst yourselves, but don't bring this up to Tina because she doesn't listen to the podcast. Uh, all right. We talked about going to Nashville. Great idea. Everybody's on board. I'm excited. And I like the idea of going as a group because, it, again, we're sharing the cost of hotels with Uber rides. Uh, are, you know, are yeah, good absolutely. value for your money. You know, we went to, we've been to Nashville. It's a good time. My sister decides the next day, she tells me, I'd like to bring my daughters, who are my nieces, and I love them very much. Well, like, how old are they? Uh, they will be 18 and 20 at the time of the trip. No. So they're both minors. Yeah, you can't, especially in the U.S., you can't go drinking with an 18-year-old. Well, she says, and I don't think this is true, she says, well, they can get into the bar, they just can't drink. An 18-year-old can get into a bar, they just can't drink. I don't think that's true. They can go to, like, a restaurant bar, but they, I don't think, like, the bar bars. I don't think so either, and I, I don't want to be there getting loaded with my, with my teenage niece. That's not a thing. And Nashville's not that kind of a town. It's a wild, crazy, cowboy music kind of a place. It's just, it's not a mother-daughter trip. Right. It's like and, what happens here we don't talk about elsewhere. Also, <laughs> I, I kind of want to call you out on a couple of things. Uh, okay, go. The first is the real reason you don't want your niece and nephew to go is because your boys are going to be asking next. <laughs> um, but the thing, the difference between me and my sister is I can say no. Like, there's no way. If Don't think Olsen uh, wouldn't ask. Could he, he would. I'd say no, and that would be the end of it. Do you think the problem would also be that, like, an 18-year-old and a 21-year-old are going to want to do different things than their parents and aunts are going to want to do? Right. So my sister's like, well, they're going to go off and do their own thing. It's like, no, they're not. At nighttime, there is nothing else to do. There is no, there is no outlet shopping for them to go to. It is, it is a, a strip of bars. And, and that's it. So I don't know what she thinks is going to happen. And I don't think she gets it. I mean, girl, a girl's trip is a girl's trip. And when you throw a parent-child relationship into a girl's trip, she doesn't realize that she, everybody else isn't having a good time. Because now I'm going to be watching my nieces to make sure they're safe. Right. Because there's a lot of hoodlums in those bars, as you know, and cowboys. <laughs> you and I have happy. been to Nashville together. Yes. Where there are hoodlums, Sandra will we find are... them. <laughs> and my nieces are beautiful women. And I will be very stressed about men hitting on them. And you know what I mean? I just, I don't want that. I don't want to have to worry about anybody but myself. So I, it's, it's not the trip that I had envisioned. Truly, I wanted sister time. And I was trying to be selfish. I wanted her to be selfish. I haven't traveled with my sister in 25 years. So I really just wanted that time with her. And then she said, well, you wanted to bring girls, too. I said, but they're not girl. It's it's different. It's a vibe thing that she's not picking up on. So right. we are literally arguing right now. And I've been stressed and upset all day. I still have to call her and yell at her a little bit more. But OK, I have a question for you and you're not going to like it. I already don't like it. Go ahead. Is this your birthday trip or her birthday trip? Uh, it's her birthday trip for sure, but she agreed to the terms that we would do a girls thing, and then she's changing it. 
Well, because it's no longer Iceland. Uh, right. She did agree. That I, I just don't understand why she would think Nashville was the right place to bring her kids. Because it's not. Right. And so I'm, maybe you need to find another destination? Yeah. That's a that's a consideration, too. But then now I feel bad for my cousins who, you know, we sat down and we talked about Nashville and now that's not going to happen. I feel I feel really like I've I've led them astray. And now I have to cancel on something that I just put into motion three days ago. Can you I like uninvite your sister? <laughs> I can't. <no. laughs> And just go anyway and be like, I'll come see you for your birthday. I want to respect what she wants, but she agreed to a girl's trip. She did agree to that at the beginning of it. And then she changed the rules along the way. And I I know she thinks it's fun to travel with her kids. But in the grand scheme of things, when I go on vacation, I don't want to worry about kids. And my my nieces, by the way, are mad at me. I think they think that I'm a monster because that I don't love them because I don't want to travel with them. I do want to travel with them one day, but just not to Nashville. Right. That's, that's like they don't need to see Auntie Sandy doing shots on a bar with a cowboy hat on herself, uh, you know, probably flirting. <laughs> they don't do you need think to see you that. could go to Nashville and do it more family friendly? Because there's lots to no. see. There's like concerts and music. and No. <laughs> no. But that's no. not the vacation you want. No, it isn't the vacation I want. But I is want it wa- supposed to be like that's the, the thing. It's like it's her vacation that you've agreed to go on. It's like somebody having a bachelorette. You're going to do what they want for their bachelorette, not what you want. But I invited her. She never said she wanted it. She never said, hey, let's do a trip for my birthday. I'm the one who said, hey, I want to go on a trip with you for your birthday. Let's do a girl's trip. And she agreed to it. So I'm just saying she's changing the rules, which I suppose is OK. But then do I not have the right to bow out saying it's not really the trip I want to go on? Well, why don't you just do like you go on the trip together, but she spends nights with her girls and you spend it with your girls? Uh, Yeah, I suppose I, I suppose I could do that. I <laughs> I'm just I'm just mad that she hasn't recognized that really this is about us spending time together. Right. So I'm I'm actually I'm hurt. Hmm. Is she a partier? No. So she's maybe my, she's not comfortable? Um she doesn't drink. Like my friend Deb. Right. So So we need she, I would need her to keep me alive for the most part. <laughs> Right, but maybe she's not. Like, Deb is the most positive person. She loves being your sober companion. Yeah. And so you're saying, I know I know you're trying to find a solution in all of this. Can't we just agree that I'm right and she's wrong and move on? I don't think I can this time. Hmm. I love right. you, but I can't. So you honestly think that it's appropriate to bring, bring teenagers to a Nashville party? No, but I just don't think she wants a Nashville party. So she's bringing the kids to change the scope of the, the vacation. She well, doesn't want a Nashville party. Then we need it to change a destination. Yeah. Because that's like, it, it'll be wrong all around. The kids won't even have a good time at nighttime when they realize they have to go back to the hotel at six. <laughs> they won't, like, I don't they won't think, like that either. I don't think she wants to go bar hopping. She wants to go, she watches the TV show Nashville. Right. So she's in love with the idea of Nashville. Right. But she wants to go see music and be low key and do the Nashville tour. She doesn't want to bar hop. Well, what's wrong with that person? How is she my sister? <laughs> well, we often ask ourselves this. <laughs> All right. Okay. Listen, I'm going to, I'll come back to you on that one, but I, I have a couple of ideas. I might change the destination and see. I think that that might be a good idea because I don't think you're going to resolve this. 
I, I'm I'm more, more dis. I'm, I won't. I don't want to call anybody out, but I think my nieces are so upset with me, and it really bothers me. Um, it really, I, I, it really bothers me because I used to be the cool aunt, and now I'm the evil aunt. <laughs> I'm like, you know what I mean? And I'm like, hey, wait a second. I don't need this in my life. I've worked very hard to be cool. And you're going to take that away from me with one thing? I, I won't accept that. Do I they realize ac- they can't do any of this stuff there? Uh, my sister is under the impression that they truly can go into any bar they want to. Like, she doesn't understand. That how, she just doesn't get that it's not a thing to have a teenager in a bar. She just doesn't <laughs> seem to understand. Like, when we went to Nashville, did you see any teenagers? Of course not. No. I didn't no. see any. Not there, at night. No. no. And nor would anybody even want to bring their children to a bar <laughs> and think that was any place for them because it's not. It's it's just a dirty, they're old, dirty old dive bars with great entertainment. Yeah. What it's a great time. Have... If you ever have an opportunity to go to Nashville, you totally should. Absolutely. Okay. I've uh, I vented enough and I, I hope I haven't uh, called out my sister too much because that wasn't the intention. It's more the moral dilemma part of it that I was interested in. Uh, I get you. I hear you. We were going to talk about uh, um, hobbies. Yeah, I, I was having an interesting thought. I was making some pottery at the studio the other day, and I thought, man, I wish I had more time for this. I'm convinced if I didn't have to work, I would be the best kept woman ever. <laughs> like, I could retire now and feel fully fulfilled in life. You have that many hobbies and interests? Oh, yeah. 100%. What, what are your hobbies and interests? Like, if you had to retire tomorrow with your current financial standing, you couldn't spend any more money than you spend now day to day, maybe even less than you spend now, how would you keep yourself busy and happy? Like, how do you see your retirement? My retirement, I, I see my retirement uh, being full of travel. Mm-hmm. And um, I would have a quaint little garden in the back that I would keep perfect. Now, do you I have lo- the money for travel? Uh, yeah, to some extent. I mean, it wouldn't be very lavish or anything like that, but it would be like, you know, Nashville functional. (laughs) That's all I can tell you with girls trips and, uh, sharing hotel rooms. Uh, but yeah, my husband and I have talked about travel in our, um, elder years and our senior years. So Mm -hmm. it would be travel and gardening would be my, my two things. But on a, I know that travel doesn't keep anybody busy day to day. Right. Um, Like unless you go somewhere and just live your day to day life, like in Florida. Yeah, um, that you know, and it's funny. It's something that I've actually thought about. Is like, what's my thing? People go to work, people go home, and having a hobby or other interests in your life is very important for your mental health, for your growth, for your uh, marriage. Because I think marriage. we often like depend on our partners to bring us happiness. Because life is so busy when you have kids and you're working, there isn't a lot of time for all that extra stuff. And then you say you finally have more time. You depend on your partner to make you happy, but can you? Uh, no, absolutely not. You should never rely on another person to make you happy. You have to make you happy. That I do know. So, yeah, gardening makes me happy only because you, just probably the way you feel when you do pottery is that um, it's the probably the only thing that I do. And watering. I don't know why I love watering garden by hand, but uh, it it's the only time I feel no stress like whatsoever. I'm focused on a task, weeding, digging, fertilizing, whatever it is. I'm focused on a task and I don't think about work. I don't think about my kids. I just, I'm, I just am Hillary. I know why you like watering because it's the closest a woman will ever get to pee standing up. (laughs) I know I'm so jelly. (laughs) I wish like that's a goal, isn't it? hundred percent. Yeah. 
So what it, other hobbies do you have? I know you're a jazz singer, obviously, an accomplished one at that. Yeah, so pottery takes a lot of time. And it's like a lot of time in a room by myself or with headphones on. I love that. That's my Zen spot. And then I, I play music and uh, I like to exercise. I love to swim. I like really don't need to work. So you, you think you, you have enough activities in your life to keep you busy all day long? Oh, yeah. Huh. You just need a sugar daddy. You know that, right? <laughs> yeah, therein lies the problem. <laughs> therein lies the problem. Yeah, I've often worried, like, um, I, I think a lot of people struggle with their thing. Like, they don't know what their thing is, especially when you have kids. Your thing is always your kids. Right. And then, and then next thing you know, all of their interests are your interests. Next thing you know, you're a hockey mom, and all you do is take your kids to hockey, sit around, or soccer in the summertime. And all you, and then your whole social existence is built around their teams, you know, because that was my life for a really long time. Do you think you'll find it difficult when the kids are finally out of the house to figure out who you are? Because I, I, I know a lot of people, like, they get empty nest syndrome. Your kids are just starting high school now, but, like, a lot of parents... They get that sort of existential empty nest syndrome. Who am I? Who are you, husband? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know that I, I think that you, you come to that place before the kids even leave because like you say when the kids are in high school then you have so much time to yourself as a couple like you never had before so you know the kids are doing their own thing for the most part besides us driving them or well, like we're they're definitely their sh- chauffeurs at the moment <laughs> like that's all we're good for but we Tim and I are like always together and I know who I am I, I don't think there's going to be a big change at all uh, when the kids leave per- for example, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I'm not too worried about that. Tim might struggle because he won't have uh, baseball to watch Johnny's baseball because <laughs> that's like his he loves it and he loves being part of a team and sports and part of that vibe and hanging out with the other parents. But uh, I think he's going to struggle, but I'm good. I'm good. I'm a party girl, too. <laughs> I party have an idea for Tim. What? He can become an Uber driver to make up for the lack of driving around. <laughs> At least he, he should make some money doing it. That's a great idea. And by the way, um, I've often argued with people, is party girl a thing? I don't think party girl is like a, a thing. No. Um, wine aficionado? Like, how can you spin this into a hobby? A sommelier? Uh, yeah, maybe you should get into being becoming a sommelier. So maybe what I should do is like just educate myself? That sounds boring. <laughs> instead of, it, I should educate myself and then uh, just instead of buying the same bottle over and over again, I should buy different types and pretend right. like I know what I'm talking about. The only problem with being a sommelier is you're not supposed to swallow. You have to spit it out. Well, that's not... <laughs> <laughs> I got that covered. Don't worry. It's fine. <laughs> I, I would like to do that, actually. That would be, I could, you know what? I'm going to write that down. Things to do with my life. <laughs> And then I'll be that pretentious person telling you what cheese to have with the wine. It's perfect. Amazing. Do you ever have one of those moments where you realize you went completely wrong in your life? Like, what have I done wrong in my life to get me here? Um, yeah, every day. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm in the grocery store on the weekend and I'm in the, uh, the plastics aisle. Where you pick up like all the uh, tin foil, saran wrap, and the plastic baggies, and I need to pick up garbage bags for my yeah. garbage, and I have that moment where I'm like, "What have I done wrong in my life? Where I can't even buy the name brand plastic bags for my kitchen garbage without checking the price first? Like, it's one of those things I'm super jealous of. Like, you know, somebody has money when they just reach for the glad." 
I know people like that, and I've noticed. They'll be like, "Wow, I'm I'm like my my drawer is just full of the yellow no name stuff." <laughs> And they suck. And then to add insult to injury, later that day I'm emptying my kitchen garbage and it's emptying on my kitchen floor because there's a hole in the side of my cheap no-name bag. <laughs> you get what you pay for. Oh, I don't are know. You, like, are do you, you one of those people that always buys brand? No, God, no. I'm a, I'm a no-name girl, 100%. I'm, I'm all about the deal. The deal is my life. I like I like a good deal in everything that I do. And I, I'll now sit there for like a crazy amount of time price doing a price comparison to make sure that I am getting the best deal. Why would anyone pay more? Do you think if you had money, you'd still buy No Name? How much money? <laughs> Seriously. I mean, How, like, if I, you if had I, brand name garbage bag money, would you like I, I would have to be... Because I, for me, getting a good deal just makes me feel good. Like, you know, like I'm sticking it to the man. Huh, you're not going to take me for that extra 30 cents, man. Um, I think that I would probably always go for the deal. Don't you feel satisfied when you get a deal? Yeah, until it backfires. Well, until you, the deal isn't so great when there's a hole in the bag. So uh, they have this new thing in London. I don't know if they have it in Ottawa, too. It's like uh, online auctions for... Uh, Goods that have been returned to websites like Amazon and uh, Wayfair, like there's furniture, Canadian Tire has one, like all these online retailers. You don't know what it is, but you can kind of tell by the merchandise that they're they're reselling. So instead of shipping it back to the warehouse, they auction it online over a couple of days and then they have a live auction at the end and they try to make as much money from it as possible because it's cheaper than shipping it back. Well, I tried to buy a cordless vacuum the other day, <laughs> which resulted in a meltdown because I go to pick up this vacuum. I'm like, oh, I'm so excited. It's like a dust buster in a vacuum, but you can also add wet. And I was really excited. <laughs> Turns out it was a broken return and you there's no guarantees on these things. So oh, now so- I have a, a dust buster. With none broken? of the other parts. And, and they that was won't an- take it back for real? No, because it's like merchandise as is. Yeah. It was probably like $60 deal. to start and I paid $19 for it. All right. But still. Yeah. I've gotten some really great stuff, except I've also had a couple of failures because I bought this like really cool dog bed for my dog and it had like a hood over it. So that it was like a blanket included. So they r- go in and they're like all tucked in. It is way too small for my dog. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen your dog. She's not a small, he, he or she, he, bruiser. He, it's not, like a chihuahua-sized dog, <laughs> but it looks so big online. So now I paid like $35 for this chihuahua-sized dog bed and $20 for a broken vacuum. I've no longer saved any money. You know, but that, I, I actually, I respect you for trying to be that person who hustles a deal. Like hustling a deal is great, especially when you come out on top, you stuck it to the man. But for the most part, I feel like you don't come out any better in the end. Ultimately, it's even Steven, isn't it? For the most part, because for, for every part. deal you do well, something sucks or falls apart. Right. So you've almost made a good argument for <laughs> in buying the case of brand. my vacuum. It both sucked and fell apart. Yes. <laughs> so, you, you know, you've made an argument for buying name brand. Okay. You've just made that argument. So you could be one of those people you hate. Maybe they're just smarter than us. Maybe they're not richer. They're just smarter. But I also feel like, how can you not look at the price? 
I, because maybe they maybe it's not about the price. Maybe it's about the quality, which is where you should be at our age. Like you know, it should be about the quality, right? I'm not there yet. <laughs> I know I I should be there, and I'm totally not there yet. I get all excited about the deal and saving money, and for what? Like I don't even understand because everything I own is crap. Because <laughs> but I save money. You know, it doesn't make any sense at all. Is What's there the anything that you buy that you're like not willing to buy the no name? Like in terms of household stuff? Like anything. So for me, I won't buy cheap toilet paper and I won't buy cheap ketchup. Uh, I won't buy cheap ketchup either and I won't, I'm downy, I won't buy no name. Really? Softener, yes. I don't know what it is about softener. I get crazy. When it comes out of the laundry, I got to sniff it and it's got to be just right. (laughs) Because that's like now your signature scent. That's what your family smells like. Right, exactly. That's who I am as a person. That's my smell, and everybody I know smell. It's funny, huh? But yeah, I, it has to be Downy or Snuggles. I'm willing to do a variation, but no, no name. My parents are like that about laundry detergent. It's got to be Tide. Like since the dawn of time, <laughs> only Tide. And I don't get it. I'm like, is it four ninety nine? Because I'm in. <laughs> Can I ask you something about the money thing? Do you resent people with money? No, I'm just hella jealous. Yeah, me too. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I just like not to worry about it. And it's funny because when we started out in radio, we were making no money, or at least I was. I was working in Toronto. I was making $24,000 a year, and my rent was $900 a month. Wow. Um, I was making $15,500 a year for my first job in radio, and my parents had to supplement my income uh, because I I couldn't eat. Right. So, but you uh, yeah. looked great. <laughs> Girl, my smoky eye was on point. I was just saying, that was, those were the good times when my butt was smaller because I couldn't afford it to be bigger. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, uh, I've suffered. I've suffered a great deal working in radio. But we both have. Right. So, but yeah. growing, up, like, growing through the business, didn't you figure like things would change faster? Like I, I look now at what I make. It's significantly more than what I was making at that time. And still, month to month, I live on my own, so I don't have anyone to share that expense with. Uh, it's still, there are weeks where I'm like, mm, no going out to dinner this Friday yeah, night. Yeah, I know. Yeah, me too. Like, just saving for a trip. It's not like I can just go whenever I want to. It takes planning. And, you know, my, my son plays competitive baseball. Of course, it's life. We're like, we, you and I are regular people who have to budget and, and live properly. We're not living the high life. Yeah, you're right. I, I see people who drive BMWs and I'm like, nice life. Do you have a care in the world? Well, but yeah, they, because they're ridiculous to lease and nobody buys a BMW. <laughs> Uh, you know, if I had a ton of money, I'd, I'd, uh, I don't know if I'd be flashy about it in terms of the car and the houses, because I don't really care about that stuff. Um, but I would have the greatest shoes. Hillary, I would buy <laughs> $4,000 shoes and just stare at my feet all day long. Those are the little things, right? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's so weird. And yeah. it's so difficult to see other people do different things and not make judgments. Like people who buy premium gasoline but don't have a premium car. I'm like, oh, they must have money. <laughs> that is, I just find that so odd that we get so judgy about other people's, uh, because people with money don't give two craps whether or not you have money. You know what I mean? Well, unless they're in a group of friends and then they don't want to be friends with that person who doesn't have it. No. Like, I don't know anybody like that. Do you? Uh, there's a little bit of elitism, I think. I guess in this, what we do live, 
Because everything's status, right? I, I suppose so. Maybe they don't want to hang out with her Poe friends in radio is what you're saying. Have you ever looked at somebody doing an activity and thought, yeah, that person has money? Like, what is something that you make that assumption about? Uh, like, I'll, I'll go to a lot of galas, for example. And when I go to a gala, um, you know, when you go into the parking lot of, uh, you know, the hotel or whatever, you'll see all the, the luxury cars. And then my little Chevy Aveo will pull in there <laughs> with with an f- air freshener that says bitch, by the way. So I'll pull right in there. <laughs> and and I can fit into all the little small spots, you know, because right? I don't drive a luxury vehicle, so it's great. Please it's tell me you right take in. it to valet. <laughs> I have. I have. I have only because it's highly amusing to me. And the valet guys are actually pretty like, well, she's a piece of work, this one. They can appreciate the beauty in that. Also, uh, yeah. Sandra, for the record, is like six feet tall. You getting out of a Chevy Aveo makes me giggle. Just the idea. It's like a clown car. It's like me getting out of a clown car. That's exactly what it's like. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I'll go to events and people will have money. And I'm, I'm not, I don't, it doesn't, it, I don't know how I feel about it. It doesn't bother me. Like, it, you know, if you have money, good for you. Um, but I, I've never really thought that I can't be friends with somebody because they have money and I don't. And, and, and by I don't, meaning I don't have a million dollars in the bank. Right. But have you ever had friends that are like way living outside of your means? So I have a a couple of friends. One of them, her husband works in the Cayman Islands and they have like a second property there. Well, you have to be friends with those people so you can just, you know, just live off of them. (laughs) Use them, girl. Use them. No, you can't because it all comes around, right? You go out for dinner. They choose the most expensive restaurants. And at some point, it's your turn to pay. Right. That, you know, I knew a guy and he was single and he was dating a woman who was um, a very wealthy divorced woman. And she was lovely. I mean, oh, she was so amazing. And ultimately he couldn't date her anymore. I mean, actually, he didn't. He was going to start dating her. They were friends and they were going to move past the friendship into something else. He ultimately said, I can't date you because you have more money than me. You want to travel and I, I have to pay my way. It has to be equal for me to be in this relationship. Then I always feel like I'm, you know, I'm a kept man, which sounds pretty good to me. (laughs) As we've discussed, I'm totally okay with that. I know. So he, anyway, it became a problem. Her money became a problem in the end. Do you think that was like his own self-confidence as a man or do you think it would happen either way? I think it would happen. You mean um, if it it was a woman? Yeah. No, it's funny. Uh, I think it had a lot to do with the self-confidence as a man, but you and I both know that there's a lot of women that wouldn't have a problem with it. Mm-hmm. I, I would. I would actually would not like to be kept. I would hate it, in fact. I would hate that anyone would have any kind of control over me that way, even though maybe the relationship wasn't meant to be. Maybe that person didn't mean to be controlling. Ultimately, pers- the person who controls the purse strings does control a lot in the relationship. Well, unless you control other things. Um, <laughs> I know where you're going, Hillary, with this. It's the same place I know what you're saying, but I know. I, don't, it, it's, it's, I think it's just it's very um, personal, really. Ultimately, I but would, I would have okay. no trouble being with somebody who has more money than me, like romantically, as long as they didn't lord it over me. Like we have to go on the vacations that they want because 
it's their well, money. Well, if somebody had a ton of money, why would they go? Why would they downgrade anything in their life if they didn't have to? Their their joy would probably be to bring you with them and let you experience something that you wouldn't otherwise be able to afford. Oh, for sure. But I mean, like, don't make me go to all the baseball diamonds in the world. Take me somewhere I would want to go. Oh, I see. Yeah, that's true. You know. Yeah. And then, that- like, let me once in a while spoil you with something that I can afford. And then you pay for, like, I think there's a way to do it. Like, you can do it kind of by percentage. A lot of marriages are like that, where one partner earns way more, and you put in, like, everybody puts in 50% of their income into the shared fund. Yeah. And then it's, yeah. like, a shared fund. Yeah, you've got to find a, a comfortable middle. I'm lucky. My partner and I both have nothing, so we're good. <laughs> there's no struggle. And no I'm, struggle. And I'm emotionally empty, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> see, some people fill the emotional bucket and some people fill the purse. Exactly. It's all, in the end, what does it matter? We're all going to die anyway. There you go. Seriously. Is there anything else you want to talk about today? Uh, you know what? No. I uh, No. You and I are like in a, in, a, in a very funny place right now where we're both gearing up for holidays. Uh, so, um, n- no, I feel like I feel like life, besides, you know, having a fallout drag out fight with my sister, things are okay. Oh, wait. No, no. You texted me something while you were in the car with your mom. I did? Yeah. Something about hitchhikers? Oh, oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Um, No, just uh, I find it odd that I would see a hitchhiker with a sign that said Vancouver. I just feel like, you know what? You should probably just go town to town. (laughs) When I see a hitchhiker, it's like, so for the record, where was your trip? Just for anybody who's joining now. Uh, We were going to the eastern townships of Montreal, so it would have been on the way back that I saw somebody with a sign that said Vancouver, and I was like, dude, we're deep into Quebec right now. You know what? Why don't you just shoot for Ottawa next, and then Toronto, and then just work your way. I can't, like, the guy's got to still be there. Really? You think? No one would pick them up? First of all, he had a dog that looked like the littlest hobo. And I'm thinking to myself, <laughs> right, uh, right away, uh, that's already a smell that I'm not particularly, I'm not into. <laughs> right, I, could, I, could, I knew what the dog smelled like before even stopping to smell the dog. And it just looked like it had traveled the country on its own and solved crimes. I just <laughs> knew that about this dog. And the guy who was hitchhiking did not look like he... He didn't look like uh, he was a threatening dude, but he just looked like maybe not the cleanest guy. You right. know what I'm saying? Like he's like, a, you know, he's 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 just a hobo, kind of a cool dude who smokes a lot of pot and travels a lot with his littlest hobo dog. That's and I so just funny. thought as a woman, I've been trained also never to stop for a hitchhiker. Would you ever stop? Uh, it would depend on the who and the what. It's a guy with a littlest hobo dog with a sign that says Vancouver. <laughs> Would you stop? Uh, I'd be so tempted because as soon as I saw that guy standing on the side of the, the highway, I'd be like, there's a place that keeps on calling me. <laughs> I just like, no, you're, I've seen too many hitchhiker movies. One, you're going to slash me to death. I know it, 100%. And then the dog will eat the evidence. Exactly. <laughs> this is a whole thing. How do I know that you're not going to kill me? How do I know that? How do you know I'm not going to kill you? You don't. You just don't. But I mean, you're, you're, aren't you tempting fate when you pick up a hitchhiker? As a woman, I would never do it. And men I work with are like, why wouldn't you? Because I'm a woman and it's just the way we've been socialized. And it's just the way we've been socialized. 
fair. So when I was living in Sudbury, I would travel down south to see my family in uh, southern Ontario. It's about a, a four to five hour drive. And I wouldn't pick up hitchhikers on the side of the road, but I would go on Kijiji and take ride shares with strangers. So I would rent a car and then I put out an ad saying, I'm leaving Friday, coming back on Sunday. If you want a ride, it's 40 bucks each way. So now the killer has an opportunity to truly scope you and decide whether or not. So you under, I feel like that's even more dangerous. <laughs> no, because then I get to scope them. So they would respond to me and then I would Facebook search them. And I usually only ever take students. Like if you were a Western or a Western University student or a Toronto University student who wanted to go up to Sudbury or the opposite Laurentian down, I would take you. I've, I'm surprised you're alive. I'm not going to lie. I can't. Uh, <laughs> I just feel like that's crazy. And and okay, so all right, you found that you found a way that worked for you. I would I, I would never even let anybody in my car under those circumstances. You but, don't feel like you could take somebody like if they were female. Like of course I'd. I, I hate to say that I was gender specific, but I would be more careful with guys. Of course. So if I was going to take a male, I'd make sure I was our, our, taking another female as well. You know, there's another thing that you haven't even considered. They could be a dullard. So you're stuck in a car <laughs> with somebody who doesn't know how to have a conversation or who or who talks incessantly about nothing. You, th- there's so many nightmare possibilities in this. That's no? when you just turn the radio up. Ugh, you're exhausting. Also, the Vancouver guy just pissed me off. I'm like, you know what? That You're doing it wrong. You're just doing it wrong. I'm. Would you actually say, I need to go 3,000 miles. Can anyone drive me? Wouldn't you do it like town to town? Well, yeah, but that's a lot of paperwork to bring. <laughs> what do you want okay. him to bring? A big easel with one of those flip pads? Maybe. Maybe, yeah. Maybe. Okay. All right, fine. A dry erase board? I just <laughs> looked at that, and I'm just like, no one's going to pick you up because you're too greedy. You're, you're, you know, you're blowing your load right there on the first sign. Just blowing your load. And so yeah. the new hitchhiker thing is a dry erase roll-up board. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> just see, try Ottawa. And if the Ottawa doesn't hit, then say Montreal. You know, just, just really work in increments. If you work in increments, you'll eventually get there. And then maybe you'll get a trucker that says, actually, I'm, all, I'm going to Vancouver. And you'll, you'll be like, hey, you just hit the mother load. I don't know that I want to commit to someone for 3,000 miles right off the get-go. So strange. It, it Well... Which part of this, Hillary, is strange? Mostly you. All right. Well, <laughs> I agree with that. I love you, and we'll talk again, shall we? Yes, therein lies another episode of the Quick and the Dirty podcast. And don't forget to follow the Quick and the Dirty on social Instagram at Hillary on air, at Sandra Kiss1053, Twitter at Hillary Welch, at Sandra Kiss1053, and Facebook at Quick and Dirty Podcast. If you've got a question for us, you can email us at thequickandthedirty at gmail.com.